Hey everyone, it is Alessandra Capasso and welcome to Mind Body Balanced. Um, today's episode, I am interviewing a friend of mine. Her name is Bridget Mitchell. Um, and she actually has her own podcast platform. It is called Be Here Now. That is B E E and then Here Now. Um, you can also find her on Instagram under B B E E The Light. Um, she really talks all things body image, disordered eating, eating disorders, and yoga. Um, so I really enjoyed this conversation with her. Um, and I also just wanted to put out a disclaimer that there is a trigger warning on this episode. We are talking in detail um, about orthorexia and binge eating disorder. And I also just wanted to remind you guys that I am not a medical professional. Um, so anything that you hear on this episode, please do not take it or supplement it for medical advice. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I loved recording with her. She is just an amazing person and has such great insight. So enjoy. Okay, it's recording. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mind Body Balanced. This is going to be a different episode today. I have a guest um, and I will let her introduce herself, but basically I've known her forever. Um, I definitely relate to her on a lot of levels. Um, she gets me, I feel like I get her. So, um, we are going to be just talking about eating disorders and body image and, you know, just the good stuff that I love to talk about and I could go on and on forever about. So I will hand the mic over to Bridget. Hello. This is kind of weird being in like the, the hot seat. Um, but hi, I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited. My name is Bridget Mitchell and, uh, yeah, I've known Allie for a long time. We go way back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess just kind of tell me like what you do, where you live. Um, just like a little, a little bit of insight. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I am a social media specialist. I work for a supplement company in Austin. Mm -hmm. I moved there, uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> Great timing. Um, and yeah, I, I can relate to Allie with eating disorders because I had one. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if you want me to go into that right now, but Basically, I was diagnosed with orthorexia and binge eating disorder in the fall of 2019. So it was kind of caught after years and years and years of struggling. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely dive into that. So basically, I wanted to bring Bridget on here because I do know her past and I think she just has some really great insight on just everything related to eating disorders. Um, so yeah, definitely just kind of like give us a, a story of kind of like what happened, how it developed, how are you now? Mm -hmm. Um, just give me some of that insight. Ooh, okay. I haven't spoken this full, this full story out, um, except for like once in therapy, <laughs> but if I can go back to when I was, let's say 16 and the first memory that comes to my mind is, um, I ordered a tea talks. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Do you remember like when mm -hmm. tea was the, those Fitness detox teas, fit yeah. tea? I think I got like fit tea. I don't know. They, they all suck. But, um, I got one of those. Um, and that was kind of like the start of my like orthorexic behavior. Um, and orthorexia is the obsession with being healthy. Um, it's, there's like an ideal, this pinnacle that you have in mind and you are trying to get to it. 
So I knew growing up that uh, I had kind of a good relationship with food, but um, my family, we are from South Africa. And so um, there was always this like finish your plate mindset growing up. Um, And, you know, I think that was from I we did struggle when we first moved to America and so finishing your plate and and eating what was in front of you no matter what was definitely ingrained and I I, I know now that that definitely <laughs> added to disordered disordered eating behavior as I got older um but leaning into when let me think now so I have two older sisters that also definitely <laughs> played a role here. Um, they are beautiful, but they do not look like me at all. They are tall, thin. Um, I am curvy. I'm also tall, but I'm curvy and, um, we have different fathers, which is, that is probably why. Um, so growing up, I, I saw them and their bodies and that was kind of, I know we talked about this on my podcast, but that like early 2000 era of, um, thin is beautiful and curves are not. And I was developing all of my curves and I was like, wait, I don't look like my sisters and I don't look like the models and the people on TV. What's wrong with me? So, um, around this time, I, I was also very athletic growing up. Mm -hmm. I played volleyball, soccer, ran track, and, um, I was, yeah, very athletic. And especially in volleyball, when you had two a days, you were working out twice a day. Um, triggering yeah (laughs) just had to throw that out there don't do that coaches (laughs) that is very triggering um but I noticed how I was fueling my body which is something we also touched on and I think needs to be taught more in school is how to actually fuel your athletes and how 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 they should be taking care of their bodies when they're at home recovering from all of those workouts um but I remember our coach was telling us like, you know, eat lean protein and stay off carbs, you know, which is fucking insane. Sorry. Can you cross on? Here? Yes. Because yes. it's insane. Cause it's like, we're working out twice a day and you want us to like eat no carbs and eat protein. So here I am also another very vivid memory that I have. I was watching the biggest loser. Uh, that was my favorite show in high school. I know horrible. And I was eating uh, lean ground Turkey and spaghetti squash. That was like my meal every night. And, um, yeah, great. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, wow. Okay. Horrible. Um, but, uh, oh man, I'm trying to think like where to keep going. Um, so I noticed like in high school, I was developing a lot of, um, unhealthy behaviors with food. I was turning to YouTube for, you know, what I eat in a days and like social media definitely played a role. And this was also around like the whole fit movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought Kayla, it scenes that, oh, yeah. uh, workout guide. And I did it with one of my friends. Uh, we did it for, uh, like a whole summer. And I, I swear to God, I was like the most ripped and fit ever, but I was so unhealthy mm-hmm. and I wasn't fueling my body and I wasn't listening to my body. Um, but uh, fast forward a little bit. I, um, got into like a couple relationships and, um, things I guess progressed, but I've honestly blacked a lot of that out of my memory. And so the most recent memory that I have, um, I guess I totally forgot to mention binge eating. My binge eating started, let's see, going into college. So this was, uh, I think 2006, 
17 when I transferred to Texas Women's University. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. I was undecided at the time for what I wanted to do in school, but I knew that my obsession with being healthy, I wanted to learn more about that. So I chose nutrition. Um, and little did I know that that would be kind of like what set me off with my restricting and binging behavior. So I would um, go a few days of being really, really strict in my clean, quote unquote, clean eating. And I was also vegan at the time. So I would eat really, really well. And um, then I would just black out and eat a whole box of Oreos by myself. And I, it was a like blacking out when you're drunk. You just have no idea what you just did. And then you wake up and you feel like shit. And then the cycle repeats and you go to the gym and you restrict again with your clean eating. And so for me, it wasn't necessarily, um, a, a lack of like wanting to eat or not wanting to eat. It was okay. How well can I eat? And then let me restrict all of the, the, you know, regular foods like sugar is just a food you know restricting all these things and then boom you hit a breaking point and then you binge until you feel sick and then the cycle starts over again um it was kind of all over the place uh what else did you ask me yeah so just kind of like how you realized that you had an issue how you got help and kind of where you're at now okay so yeah, I, I said before, I might have said it on the podcast, but this is the first time I'm actually like fully telling my telling my story. So it's kind of all over the place. But I knew I for sure had an issue when I went to India for my yoga teacher training. Um, in my training, I went for five weeks and in my training, we were diving deep with, you know, any struggles that you have. I mean, you're you're in intense school for nine hours a day and it's you're sitting in meditation for two hours at night and everything resurfaces you know Mm -hmm. if you if you're if you practice yoga or you practice meditation or, or breath work you know that things arise and you're supposed to feel them out and I just had this uh this this feeling like there is something wrong with me like and I also remember I hit a breaking point too and I remember crying and praying to God I was like please make this cycle stop because I cannot keep doing this anymore. And so I confided in one of the girls, she was a British girl at my school, Hannah, if you're listening to this, I love you. Um, she kind of told me, you know, everything is going to be okay. I have also dealt with that before. And, um, that was the first time I'd ever been validated for the issues that I had. And, um, it still took me another so I left India at the very beginning of 2019. It took me another 10 months before I finally like went and got a therapist and um, told my parents. But I am a very strong, independent individual, and that's how I was raised. And showing your emotions was always considered weak, and um, that is wrong. If you have been taught that, it is not true. And so it was very hard for me to confide in my parents about what I was dealing with. So I wrote them a letter. And at the time, I was a waitress um, in Frisco. And I I wrote the letter before one of my shifts. I left it on the counter. And I remember I would get home at like 1 a.m. And so I wouldn't be awake when or they wouldn't be awake when I got home. So it would kind of like I would pass the the talk about it. But I basically wrote this letter and I said, look, like I've been struggling with body acceptance and um, most recently binge eating for a couple years now. And I basically said, I think 
going to school for nutrition has really triggered me. And I realize I don't actually want to be a dietitian anymore. I don't want to tell people how to eat using my plate, um, you know, the government's guidelines. Like I don't want to do that. And that's not what makes me happy. And I said, all I really need is your financial help for me to get therapy. And I just do not want to talk about it. Like I don't want to talk about what I eat anymore. I don't want to, because when I went vegan, I let myself be the subject of a lot of jokes and like kind of like the punchline. And um, looking back, you know, it doesn't matter what someone eats. They shouldn't be like the joke of the, the conversation. But I always was. And um, so I made that very clear in my letter. Like, I don't want to talk about what I eat anymore. And I would appreciate if you were on board with that. So we never talked about it. They just left me their credit card and they were like, find a therapist, go to therapy. And to this day, like we still like don't really talk about it. Um, but yeah, that was kind of how I got help. I found someone um, online and I went to see her. And um, so it was never inpatient therapy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a wild ride. Um, and right now I'm doing really, really well. I have picked up intuitive eating um, and I'm seeing a dietitian now. And that's been very interesting because if I would have known that there was a, a dietitian that was centered around eat, intuitive eating, I totally would have done that, I think, in school. But I was never like that wasn't a thing. No one ever told me that that was a thing. Um, but yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I can definitely just tell by the way that you're talking about everything. Like it's been a crazy roller coaster for mm -hmm. you. And I also just want to normalize for anyone listening on here. Like just because you don't go to inpatient or residential treatment, like does not make your eating disorder any less valid. I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is like, well, it's not bad enough. Mm -hmm. Um, especially like if you never get like severely underweight, um, but I'm just so glad that your parents were just kind of like on board immediately. Mm -hmm. um, and that's okay if you guys don't talk about it. Sometimes yeah. it's just a conversation that doesn't really need to be had, but they're just like, okay, well, she's going to work on herself and we'll just support her in whatever way she needs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it sounds like your orthorexia definitely fed your binge eating. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's so common, like anytime there's restriction, a binge will follow yep. very close yeah. after because you're denying yourself, denying yourself, denying yourself. You get a craving and you don't know how to honor that craving mm -hmm. in a healthy way. So, um, I'm definitely kind of curious as well. What has helped you like get over the orthorexia piece of it. Mm. Um, because you've talked, you know, intuitive eating definitely helps with binge eating, but what about the obsession with working out the obsession with being healthy and clean? Yeah, that's a good question. I yoga, yoga saved my life. I started practicing. Um, so around the time that I was doing Kayla, it scenes or whatever, um, I got uh, a membership at a hot yoga studio in Frisco and I went for, three years, I think like five days a week, every day. And, and it wasn't even, well at the time, yes, it was kind of obsessive, but it was movement that I enjoyed. And it was a connection to my, from like connecting my mind and my body that I had never really experienced before at the gym, because sometimes working out for me at the gym was kind of like blacking out. Yes. I was just there because I knew that like I had to quote unquote had to, 
And, um, but yoga wasn't like that. Yoga really allowed me to get in tune with how I felt. And, um, Jenny Dean, I don't know if you've seen the name around Frisco, but she, uh, she was a huge influence in my life. Um, she was my yoga, yoga instructor, my favorite one. But I think for me, finding movement that I enjoyed and, um, listening to what my body actually wants. Mm -hmm. And I also, now I really love walking and it's funny because I have some friends or I've had a couple of friends when I, when they ask what I'm doing, I say, Oh, I'm walking the lake. And they're like, Oh, you're just walking the lake. And I just respond and I'm like, yeah, because it brings me joy. And I like, you don't have to sprint around the lake in order to, in order to get your, your blood flowing. And so I found that walking and yoga have been just like my go-to. Um, but yeah, I, I genuinely don't like going to the gym anymore, which is, I thought I would never say that, but I tried working out during quarantine because I was just, you know, feeling a little bit lethargic and I was like, uh, I probably should move my body. Um, and so I went and I went to the gym and I was doing burpees and I was like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> like, this is not fun. This is not fun. I do not enjoy this. Oh my God. Um, so I started just stretching instead and I was like, oh, much better. This is what I like. I um. <laughs> love hearing that because I think it's so important to find movement that you actually enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so yeah. hard because you were pretty much living in the gym probably. Mm-hmm. And so now you hate it. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously like I don't really enjoy, I've, I've found yoga too. And so that actually kind of leads me to what I've wanted to really dive in with you because you are a registered yoga teacher mm-hmm. is, you know, how can yoga help your eating disorder recovery? Like, do you have any science behind that? Um, what are some experiences that you've had doing yoga? What are some experiences that others have had? Because it's something I recommend to people all the time. They're like, well, I just don't want to sit down and stretch. And I'm like, oh, it's so much more than that. Yeah. So. Oh my gosh. Yoga is so much more than just stretching. Put on your favorite music and like light a candle and just flow with your body. You know, like it doesn't have to be like you're just sitting in a forward fold and like you're trying to touch your toes. Like that's not, that's not, doesn't have to be yoga. Yoga is whatever you want to make it. Um, yeah, yoga, I'm trying to think it has helped me become so aware with my thoughts and my emotions and, um, and my physical body. And, you know, we are, we live in a society that is so go, go, go. And if you don't allow your time, if you don't allow yourself time to sit and reset, you will burn out. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I experienced. Um, I unfortunately don't have science behind like yoga and, uh, and into, or in, uh, eating disorders. But, um, I will just say like, when you, when you start to develop healthy habits, it will pour into the rest of your life. Mm. So if for me personally, every day I start on my yoga mat, um, and sometimes I feel like moving. Sometimes I just feel like sitting and breathing with my eyes closed. Um, but every day, like that is a habit that I have formed. And from there, I know that I can go into my day being the best that I can be. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, even if you don't try yoga, finding healthy habits, Oh God, I hate the word healthy. I don't want to use the word healthy, (laughs) um, but finding, finding positive habits that, um, work for you, will help you 
like be the best version of you. I don't know. Yeah, no, um, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yoga is just so incredible at connecting your mind to your body. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have struggled with an eating disorder for so long, your mind and your body are not connected. Yep. And so yoga mm-hmm. can really mend that relationship. I mean, you've experienced blackout episodes mm-hmm. even like when you're binging. And so just mending that connection and like really just getting in tune with your body, I think is incredible. And it definitely bleeds into other areas of your life. Yes. Yes. And, and it's funny. People tell me, Oh, well, yoga is for everyone. Yoga is not just for the, and this is unfortunate that yoga has become westernized, which is why I wanted to go to India. I wanted to learn where, you know, where it came from. I wanted to really dive deep in the culture. I didn't want a, um, a Western version of, of school. I wanted to really dive deep. And when I got there, every single person in my class was different. I realized that yoga, the the way that we've made it in our American society is that only thin white women do yoga. And that is not (laughs) yoga. Like yoga is for everyone. And, and in my, in my school, there were, I think there were more men than women, honestly. And Mm. they were all, we were all shaped different shapes and sizes and and skin tones. And it was just beautiful. And, um, I, when people tell me, uh, before coming to one of my classes, they'll message me and they're like, well, I just, I'm not flexible or like, like my belly gets in the way or whatever. I'm like, I don't care. Like, this is not about what you look like. And yoga is not about if you can touch your toes or if you can stand on your head. Um, it's, it's really about honoring yourself and giving yourself time Mm -hmm. to reset. Mm -hmm. And, um, for me, sometimes my yoga practice just looks like sitting and breathing and that's it, you know? And, that's all it has to be for some people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think oftentimes we put ourselves in a box and eating disorders do this too. You, you put yourself in a box and you're like, okay, well these are my walls and I'm not allowed to leave, but that's, there's so much more to life. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I love that you've been able to really heal your relationship with exercise through yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that's something that's really difficult. I mean, I know people that still to this day just can't go to the gym because it's such a trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love how you really dove into yoga and you've appreciated the fact that it does bring every, it's very inclusive and there's no end goal to yoga. It's not like, mm-hmm. let's get shredded, you know, like <laughs> let's just see what I feel like that day. Yeah. And I just think that's really awesome for your recovery. So yeah, thanks. And I always tell my yoga students too, it's like, it's all about how you feel. And I, I say this, in every class, like listen to your body, listen to your body, listen to your body. If we are in a pose that doesn't feel good for you, then don't do it or modify it. Or let's just sit in child's pose. Like I love that there is no, um, there's no competition. We're definitely at the gym. You can, you look over and you see the guy squatting 300 pounds and you're like, Oh my God, like I can't, I can't do that. Or you see the girl that's like got the perfect ponytail and like makeup is done and she's sprinting on the treadmill, like not even like huffing and puffing. That is just so, I don't want that in my life. And I don't, so unrealistic. It's so unrealistic. Yeah. And I think yoga is very raw and real and, um, it's just you and your body and, and, that's the most beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so you also kind of touch based a little bit about your bot you struggling with body acceptance mm-hmm. and the fact that you are curvier, whereas your sisters weren't and other people, you know, especially like in this area, um, you know, really do uh, 
mm, praise thinner bodies. That's the word value. I was looking for. Yeah, value yeah. thinner bodies, yeah. value, you know, what you look like. Um, so I kind of just wanted to touch base with you as well. I know we talked about this on your uh, podcast, but the body positivity movement mm-hmm. and haze and what's that difference? Yeah. So I spoke to my d- dietitian about this earlier this week because I did tell her, I said, how do I know when I'm moving my body or how should I, how did I word this to her? I basically said, look, I looked in the mirror the other day and I got kind of sad because I was like, my body looks different and I can tell my body is changing. And she said, okay, well, what, what have your habits looked like recently? And I said, well, I had COVID and I missed Christmas and I was like really emotional. So I was probably emotionally eating more than I have been in the past. Mm -hmm. And she was like, that's okay. Like you missed Christmas. That's a really big deal. And, um, and you know, with, with that, like with not intuitively eating and more emotionally eating, yeah, your body might might start to reflect that. And that's okay because that's just a part of the flow. And, um, something that I, my, my first therapist told me was it doesn't have to be perfect in order for it to be wonderful. And that's something that I've kept in my mind a lot. Um, I didn't touch on perfectionism when you first asked me to tell my story, but perfectionism is something that I have dealt with forever and it runs in my family, (laughs) I swear. Um, and, it is, is that pinnacle of like, okay, there is perfect, but the truth is there is no such thing as perfect. And, and we are all wonderful in our own ways. Um, and so going back to what my dietitian said, she said, you know, I think it's okay. It's okay for your body to shift and your body to change. And, you know, it's okay if you're, if you're uncomfortable because this is a new body shape for you, you know, Mm -hmm. like when I was, it's almost like you have to, um, bury the old body. So like the body that I had when I was in the middle of my eating disorder, when I was 17, 18, whatever, I was very thin, but I was muscular. And it's so crazy looking back at, you know, like when you look back at pictures and I'm like, wow, I looked like everything I wanted to look like. But in that moment, I didn't see it. I didn't Mm. see that I looked exactly the way that I was trying to look. Um, And so now I guess, yeah, I'm just trying to find, um, that, uh, that acceptance with the change in my body. And she was saying, you know, it's okay if you are feeling, um, it's okay to modify your current behaviors. If you physically feel uncomfortable in a way that's like, how do I say this? Not in a weight way or like Mm -hmm. a BMI way, but you know, for instance, if my, if my, body is starting to affect the way that I do yoga. And, you know, that makes me like, I don't like that. I don't like the way that, that, um, cause you know, I, I know my normal, I know my, my like n- normal, yeah, your set weight, <laughs> my set weight. Yeah. yeah. So whenever I'm a little under that or a little over that, I, I feel that in my yoga practice and that's kind of, um, a, a way that I can, I can check myself and I can, um, in a healthy way, mm-hmm. the word healthy, <laughs> um, it's just so used. I know it's so used and I'm trying to, I'm trying to break it, but 
Oh, I forgot what you asked me. Oh, well, I just, <laughs> I mean, I think this is amazing. Like, because honestly, body image is probably one of the hardest parts of eating disorder yeah. recovery. It's because your body is going to change mm-hmm. from where it was when you were underweight or mm-hmm. when you were just over exercising. And I think that's really important too, that you can feel that you yeah. can feel when you're underweight, you can feel when you're over what you're usually mm-hmm. at. Um, and so with that being said, you know, we talked a lot on your podcast about haze and body positivity. You mentioned that your dietitian told you the difference. Oh, that's right. That's where I was going with that. Yeah. So she said that, um, because I was trying to understand, okay, so if my body is now, you know, a little bit more than what I'm used to, and it's more than what I'm comfortable with, Mm -hmm. how do I make a change that is not disordered. Yes. And she was saying that your why is what makes your behavior disordered. And so Ooh. if my why is, okay, I would like to change, you know, I would like to be a little bit more mindful about what I'm eating this week. And I would like to be a little bit more intuitive because it's affecting my yoga practice and I don't feel well, then that's okay. Um, and that's kind of where, so body positivity and accept and acceptance she was explaining is, an image based thing. This is like an outside, Mm -hmm. like this is a, all bodies are beautiful. All bodies are deserving of love and acceptance in society and in life. And then haze is more of, like you said, a medical, um, like you can be healthy at, at every size. It does not matter. Um, if you are like heavier or thinner, Um, so that was kind of like, uh, what she explained to me as like the differences. So one is more of like an image and then one is actual like medical. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, she, she, she did say that if, if your why is disordered, then you should probably like check in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. With, uh, with, uh, how, how you're doing. But, um, yeah, I was really concerned about that. Cause I was like, I don't want to lose my progress. Um, but also like, I'm just feeling a little uncomfy, you know? And, um, yeah, (laughs) I, I love that. And I love like, you have to look at your intentions behind Mm -hmm. things. And I've struggled with that too, because it's like, okay, well, I'm not feeling great, but I can't just go on a diet. You know, I I can't just go to the gym all the time Mm -hmm. because then it turns into a dangerous cycle. And as you know, with an eating disorder, it happens very quickly. Mm -hmm. Like you spiral very quickly once you start the behaviors again. So I think that's really important. And that's something I'll definitely use is just like figuring out like, why, Mm -hmm. why am I doing this? Or why do I want to do this? Um, is it because of an image based thing or is it because I genuinely just don't like the way I feel? Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. Yeah. And like at the gym too, I, (laughs) so working out with people around me is also pretty triggering. Um, because I look at them and I'm like, what is your why? You know? And I'm like, why are, are you here? Why are you here? Yeah. Are you actually happy? Like squatting that? Like, are you actually happy or is it just like on your checklist, on your to-do list for the day? And then you can like live your life mm. afterwards. And mm. yeah, it's intention is everything. It's yeah. actually my word for this year. <laughs> intention. Yeah. I the word that. intention is, is my intention. Just being more intentional with, um, my recovery and, um, movement and the conversations that I have. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. Um, 
you know, I also wanted to touch base. So you mentioned you go to a therapist and see a dietitian. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of curious as to what it's brought you. What have you gotten out of going to therapy and seeing a dietitian and how has that impacted your recovery? Mm, Good question. Um, so like I mentioned, I saw my first therapist for, um, eating disorders when I like at the, in the fall of 2019 and we just did a lot of CBT work Mm -hmm. and DBT. Um, so a lot of like behavioral, like, okay, what is leading you to act this way? And a lot of it was identifying for me personally, um, family history Mm. and, um, cultural differences, you know, where I'm at now and where we come from and the differences in food and, um, your relationship with food and also stress and, you know, life changes. Those are all things that I think everyone should, you know, take a look at. Mm -hmm. And if it's something that has shifted you in a major way, then you should probably look at how it has impacted you. Mm -hmm. Um, so my therapy, um, for me personally, I didn't do a lot of calorie counting, uh, ever really. I actually tried and I was like, okay, this sucks. Like I actually just don't like, what is this doing? I was more focused on the gym and, Mm -hmm. um, like how fast I could run or how much I could lift or whatever. Um, but so we looked at, at my behaviors and uh, what was causing me to to act the way that I was. But my therapy was beautiful and she really just validated everything that I already knew. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because I started going to therapy for that after I graduated with my degree in nutrition. So I had already come out of um, studying food and it was almost like a sense of relief of like, oh, thank God, like, thank God I'm done with that. Now I can actually like focus on what was, uh, what was really triggering me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh, my dietitian. I forgot what the other thing you asked me was. Um, my dietitian, she is great. I remember when I first, uh, made my first appointment with her, she, I, I said, are you not, are you gonna ask me about my weight? Are you going to ask me about my BMI? She was like, girl, does not no, matter. It does not matter. She's like, all I want to know is, is what you're eating right now and what that looks like for you. And so I gave her like a full rundown and then she was like, did you study nutrition in school? And I was like, yeah, I did. Um, she was like, you're on it. Like you've got like all your food groups and you know, you're, you're doing all, all the quote unquote right things. Um, but I think it was just scary for me because I was, I didn't want her to ask me about like portion sizes or, you know, I was scared to tell her that I like put chocolate chips on my oatmeal or Mm. that I, you know, like I eat like sweets at night or whatever. I was just so fearful, but she accepted and, 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 um, yeah, accepted me with open arms. And I highly recommend that if you are dealing with, uh, an eating disorder or disordered eating, seeing a dietitian that, is, uh, based in intuitive eating and health at every size, because they will not judge you for anything that you are eating. Mm -hmm. Um, and she even gave me a little, what was it? A chart of like meal recommendations. And, um, it didn't have portion sizes. It didn't have diet foods. It didn't, it didn't have any of that. It just had a lot of foods. I told her that I love to eat and, 
um, some other, some other yummy foods. And I was like, wow, okay, this is cool. I can do this. Um, but I think I was just so worried about being told, no, you can't have that Mm. because that was like the base of my, my eating disorder was restriction and being fearful of foods. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think obviously you've gotten so many good things out of going to a therapist Mm -hmm. and going to a dietitian and you're going to continue to unravel a lot of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it sounds like, you know, obviously eating disorders are extremely complex. Not one thing causes an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. So you were able to really explore your family dynamics, your Mm -hmm. culture, family of origin stuff, and really do that hard work and figure out, okay, well, why do I act this way? Mm -hmm. Or why am I doing this? Um, and where did it stem from? And I'm sure being a perfectionist, has also attributed to that and then also maybe just feeling like a lack of control in some areas um in your life and so the one thing you could control was your body and food Mm -hmm. yeah I'm I am a control freak (laughs) and that's not that's not a bad thing either I think it's 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 good to accept yourself for who you are and I've accepted that I love control I love um making things right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's made me very successful in a lot of areas of, in a lot of areas of my life or in my life. Um, but yeah, with food, that's something, it's just like yoga. You have to let it flow. You have to accept that, you know, your body wants, sometimes it's going to want half a pint of ice cream and that is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to kill you. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not going to make you gain five pounds. Um, now granted, if you're not listening to your body and eat ice cream every single day and you're, you're just like in a blackout phase. Yeah. That's probably not, not good either. Right. Um, but yeah, just getting, uh, getting relative with, uh, with the situation and understanding that like food is just food. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be like this calculated thing that everyone makes it out to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so going back to what I had asked her about like the health at every size thing and intuitive eating in that scale, she was saying, if you stay between like a three and a seven or a four and a six around like every day, you will no longer feel those needs of, um, like binging Mm -hmm. because you know, you're You're listening. Yeah. You're satisfied. You're in a, you're in a, a, a balanced state at most like all the time and so that's something that I'm kind of working on is like really listening to those Mm -hmm. hunger cues because it's like I mentioned in my podcast if when you've been dealing with a habit or when you've had a habit for six years or seven years it's not going to take two years to break it Mm -hmm. you know especially when last year was a pandemic (laughs) I think we have to give ourselves a lot of grace Mm -hmm. and um and tell the shame to go away because uh we deal with a lot of stuff on a daily basis and Mm -hmm. yeah, sometimes it just doesn't have to be that hard. Right. Right. (laughs) And it's so hard. Right. And it's okay if some days you reach a 10 on your fullness scale, you know, or you're eating when you're at a one on your hunger Mm -hmm. scale. Like you just have to give yourself some compassion because Mm -hmm. we're human and humans emotionally eat sometimes and that's okay. Yeah. So I love how you're able to normalize that for yourself and find that balance. And I try and normalize that with my friends too. Like we'll be out. And as soon as I hear any, any ounce of, Oh my God, I'm so full. Like I shouldn't have eat that. You know, it's the shoulds. Mm. I don't know if you were planning on talking about that, but 
stop shooting yourself. You know, like I, that was something that, that Caroline Dooner says in her, the yes. fuck it diet. It's like, stop shooting yourself. Like I shouldn't have ate this. I should have eaten this. I should have looked like this. I shouldn't mm-hmm. have worn that. Like, like if we keep living our lives like that, where's the joy, yep. you know, where's the life? Like that's so yeah, just not a way that we should want to live. There's me using should. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny. It's like a therapy curse word is what I call uh, yes. it. It's like you do not need to say should mm-hmm. because you just are. You're being. Yes. And that's okay. You're human. Yes. Yes. I love that. Okay. So speaking of Caroline, let's talk about social media. Um, tell me about your experience with social media and how it can impact your body image. Oh, yeah. Okay. So kind of going back to my sisters, um, my older sister, the middle one, she's a model and Mm. she is a quote unquote influencer. Uh, she has quite a following on social media or on Instagram and watching her utilize the app for work has been interesting because that's her job as I know it is for a lot of people. And, um, I think it's really important to view social media as a tool. Mm. So like for my sister, it's, it's work and that's just not real life. And, um, we, I know we talked about this on my podcast, but clearing out your feed of anything that doesn't serve you and that doesn't bring you joy. And there are many people that I unfollowed. If we're, if you're listening and we went to high school together and I don't follow you, there is it's probably tied to my eating disorder. So please don't take it personally, Mm -hmm. but there are just a lot of people and, um, that I just cannot follow anymore. And it's really nothing personally. I just don't want to be triggered. Right. And, um, I don't follow anyone, any celebrities, uh, any, anyone from, uh, trash TV. Like I don't follow the Kardashians Mm -hmm. because those people don't bring me joy. Mm -hmm. You know, like those people don't, fill my cup. They don't give me life. And so I don't want to follow them. And I highly recommend anyone that is struggling with, with body image or just trying to find themselves. Don't look to social media Mm. because that is not, it is a very slippery slope when you're already in a not so great headspace to try and find yourself on an app. I would uh, highly encourage you to sit on a yoga mat or just sit in your living room and, and find yourself in that way and just breathe and ask yourself the hard questions of like, why am I feeling this way? How did I get here? Um, and then potentially journaling if that feels good, but social media is not a place that you want to turn to for encouragement. Um, I would say now there have, there's been an an influx in body positive influencers, which are, they're great. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also, again, a fine line with what you, the boundaries that you set for yourself, because, um, that can easily turn toxic for some people. Um, but I mean, I took a hiatus from my, from my all social media actually leading up to India. I was off Mm. for seven months and I would love to do that again, but now it's my job. So I cannot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I would just say clearing out clearing out your, your feed because you're in control of your life and, and going back to like eating disorders being something that you can control. You can, you can control the shit that you watch on TV, the stuff that you watch on YouTube, who you follow on TikTok and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Those are things that you can control. And I would definitely recommend that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And I also, you know, love how you pointed out that like, 
you can't find yourself and seek validation from social media. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like, again, a slippery slope. It's Mm -hmm. somewhere that you just don't need to be turning to. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's really important to kind of develop, you know, a healthy relationship with social media and going back to the body positivity movement whenever I follow people, I'm like, okay, are they doing this because it's trendy now? Mm -hmm. And that's what I fear is happening with social media Mm -hmm. and the body positivity thing. And like I had mentioned in your podcast is like this idea of intuitive eating. It's like, okay, is it really intuitive eating or are you just saying that? So you appear to be okay. Yeah. Right. So really just like looking at that, um, do you have any accounts that you recommend following? Okay. Now that I've found the names, yeah. uh, Kenzie Brennan, definitely. And then Mika, Z- Mik- why do I keep saying that? Mick Zazan mm-hmm. or M- what, however you say her name, those two accounts I really like. And uh-huh. also the birds papaya. Um, it's interesting about her though. She just had a baby and she's been so heavily on Instagram, which is kind of interesting because I'm all for creating a balance in your own life. And that looks different for everyone, but a balance of, okay, when am I living life? And when am I living life for social media, social media? Yeah. yeah. And so I, I worry about some influencers who are always on social media. Cause I'm like, okay, when are you taking time to recharge? So that way you can be a good influence. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're on it all the time, when are you like resetting? Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's interesting, but I, I definitely like those accounts. Um, oh man, I'm horrible with like remembering people's names, but those are the the first to, to come to mind. And also Caroline Dooner, the author of the fuck it diet. Um, she's, best. she's hilarious. She's the really good. Best. So yeah. Blunt. Yeah. <laughs> what about any books, any books that you've read Ooh, that have yes. to do with like mental health, eating disorder, awareness, body image, all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm a big book nerd. And unfortunately I've only read two that have to do with eating disorders, mm-hmm. which would be the fuck a diet and, um, the intuitive eating book by, uh, Evelyn Triboli mm-hmm. and her colleague. But, as far as mental health and, you know, finding your purpose or finding your your soul or your your roots, I really like The Untethered Soul. Mm. Um, it is a great book. It's uh, my life book. <laughs> that one and um, Light is the New Black. Those mm. two books mean a lot to me. And hmm. Also, You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Jen Sincero. Yeah, if you haven't read that book, it's kind of a re- it's a good starter book if you've for never self-help. Yes, yep. for self-help if you've never really dove in, dove into any reading mm-hmm. or, you know, self-help books. It's a great place to start. Um, just like finding your inner like you're a badass, you yes, know? I love that. Oh. Books are amazing. Yeah. There's one that I have that you would actually really, really like um, for eating disorders. It's called Eating in the Light of the Moon by okay. Dr. Anita Johnson. And it's how to use metaphors to heal your relationship with your food and Ooh. your body. And it's so amazing. Like, I'm a big metaphor I'm re- girl. <laughs> I'm rereading it right now. That's how good okay. it is. So definitely recommend that to anyone listening. Um, super amazing. Yeah. She's like a founder of a really big eating recovery center down in Hawaii. So okay. she's cool. Like if you just watch her interviews, you're like, wow, you're just a cool lady. Yeah. So definitely recommend that. Yeah. There was one book that my, my dietitian recommended. Oh, it was just health at every size. That book. 
I haven't read that. I haven't read it either. <laughs> it's like, that's all we did. It's I like know, the it's, movement, you I know? know. I just haven't read it. Um, I do want to check that out though. Cause I want to understand more. I mean, we live in a society that's fat phobic. I mean, yes. let's be real. Oh God, like, yes. like, and especially I know you touched on where we come from, like this city, but Oh my God. It's like, you see an, uh, someone who is, is on the heavier side and you're immediately just assuming that they eat McDonald's every day. And it's right. like, uh, that's actually not it. Yeah. I was actually, and, and this also goes to calling yourself out when you feel like you're yes. being fat phobic because mm-hmm. I was actually at dinner last night with some friends and there was a bigger lady walking by and they were snickering and making jokes. And I even found myself like laughing with them. And then I was like, whoa, like I am whoa. just doing what I hate. Like yeah. I hate people that do that. And who knows what she's going through? Yeah. You know what I mean? And who knows what she actually eats? And so I think like calling yourself out too when you're being fat phobic is so important. It's just like racism, you know, yes. call yourself out when you have certain prejudices in your mind and you're being discriminatory. So yeah. Yeah. I think there is a, Oh God, especially in our society and just the way that we were raised, you know, mm-hmm. we were raised with a lot of privilege and for sure not a lot of, um, not, I guess oppression is the first word that comes to mind, but, um, yeah, checking yourself is, is really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just admitting it, like you're human, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna think thoughts that you don't like. And yeah. so like last night I just had to come to Jesus. I went to the bathroom and I just like looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, that was really disgusting, yeah. but like, I'm not going to do that again. And yeah. if I do like, let's fix it. Oh my gosh. I wanted to, I want to share something really quick. Um, I had a friend, we were in the car and she was, she told me she was craving something sweet and I was like, okay, like, let's go get you something sweet. You know, if that's what you're feeling, like, why not? And she goes, if I ate something sweet, every time I craved it, I would end up on my 600 pound life. And I looked at her and I was like, we are not having this discussion. Like I was fuming. (laughs) I was absolutely fuming because first of all, I eat something sweet every time I want it. And do you see me? I am not on my 600 pound life. And even if I was like, (laughs) whose business is it anyway? Yeah. Like, it's so sad. Checking yourself is so, and checking your friends too. And that's how we normalize it is like, check your friends, call your friends out. I do it all the time and they hate me. Yeah. There's my cat. But they'll learn. (laughs) Oh, your cat's finally coming Yes. I love that though. Like check yourself, check your friends. Mm -hmm. And like my friends, yeah, I do it all the time. Like they'll say like, I shouldn't eat that. And I'm like, shut up, (laughs) like eat it, you know, stop shooting yourself. Yes. Yes. Um, so kind of just wrapping this all up, I wanted to just ask you a couple of questions. Mm -hmm. Um, what are some of your recovery goals? Ooh, that's good. Cause recovery has been kind of recent for you. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of recent. Um, I guess for me, I want to get really good with the hunger scale mm. and, um, being able to identify how hungry I am and when I'm emotionally eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talked about this, but I'm, I would consider myself to be an empath. So I feel a lot of things mm-hmm. and, um, sometimes it's, hard for me to check that, mm-hmm. which is why I am trying to put yoga first because yes. that's when I find when I'm the most balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is a big, big recovery goal of mine. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Also just 
being more educated and educating mm-hmm. others. Mm-hmm. I want to start using my Instagram more to post um, about recovery and like body positivity. I remember I, I posted like two things of like me in the mirror and like, it's so funny how that those photos like got the most engagement mm-hmm. and it's like so terrifying to post like what your body really looks like, you know, yes. without like angles or clothes or whatever. Um, but yeah, I want to start doing more of that because it's, it's, it's normal, you know, know, it's your body. It's just crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that too. And I even find myself like before I post, like, you know, like share a story or something or or do something on Instagram, I'm always so self-conscious. I'm like, I feel like all I ever do is talk about eating disorders Mm -hmm. or, you know, you think you worry about what other people are thinking. I'm like, well, this is my why, you know, I want to educate people. So I'm going to post about it. Yes. Like who cares what they think? If they want to unfollow me because I'm annoying, cool, do it. Yes. You know, finding your why and making sure that that why is authentic to Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I didn't touch on this with social media, but well, I kind of did when I said that it's not real life, but you know, if you find yourself not wanting to post something because there is like a wrinkle on your face or mm-hmm. one of your stretch marks is showing or whatever the case may be, if you want to post that and you feel like that photo is authentic to you, then just post it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have a long way to go with, uh, sure. with, <laughs> you know, being comfortable with that. And I think once you get real with yourself and you normalize it for yourself, it's a lot easier to talk about with Mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. Like now, if you ever see my Instagram story, I'm like, here are my stomach rolls. Like here's my butt. Like I don't care. I really don't care anymore because at the end of the day, like my body is just my body and Mm -hmm. everyone has one. And, (sighs) and that's something that I've always looked up to with you is like how just authentic and real you get on Instagram (laughs) and even like before you know you opened up about your struggles with an eating disorder like with your veganism Mm -hmm. like you were just like who cares what other people think I'm posting about this and Mm -hmm. like you'll be like oh my god Bridget's being annoying I'm like I love it like she's just being her you know oh man and so that's something I've always just respected about you and that's a quality that I wish I had so um yeah it's awesome and what is some um advice you would give to someone who's struggling with something similar to you oh definitely tell someone reach out um and also journal if you can mm-hmm. keep a record of how you feel there. I have like two full journals of me just venting to myself about my eating and my struggles. This was that. before I even started going to therapy. Yeah. Um, so my journal knew more about what I was going through than anyone else in my life, but definitely reaching out. Mm-hmm. And again, like that social media clean out of you know, you don't have to follow the Kardashians. No, you don't have your to life follow. will go on. Yeah. Your life <laughs> will go on. I promise you. Um, and that's another thing too, with like the, the city that we live in, in this bubble, it's very rare that people get out right. and see that the world is so much more than what this is. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's all about managing your filters and setting boundaries for yourself, but definitely reaching out and reading those books too. I read the fuck it diet before I found a therapist. That book encouraged me to find a therapist Mm -hmm. because I was like, okay, I am, this has solidified that I have an issue and I cannot do this on my own. Mm -hmm. Um, so those are great places to start, especially if you're wrapped up in that diet cycle. Yes. Uh, yes. No matter what, if it's uh binging, restricting, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, cause diets 
like we all know, well, some of us, they fail every mm-hmm. single time. Every They're time. not going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, when's the last time you heard someone, oh yeah, I've been on the keto diet for 12 years. <laughs> and if they do say I'm that, like, they are so unhappy. Yeah. Do not believe I'm them. Like, if they what? say they're like, if they're, um, if they're happy, they're not yeah. They're lying. No. <laughs> um, and then what are some long terms like goals that you have for yourself? Where do you see yourself in five to 10 years? It's a good question. Um, oh wow. You know, what's funny is I've haven't really thought that much about my future because I've, one of my goals has been to be still mm. and to be present and Respect I can't, that. I know I can't do that when I'm looking so far into the future, but I would love to live in a van. Mm. <laughs> I want a van so I can travel. Um, but I really want to work for myself and I want to, um, I want to teach yoga full time. I don't know if that will be a possibility logistically. That would be amazing. But I, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that I, I feel called to do. Um, but yeah, I want to teach yoga and I, whatever this is with, with eating disorders and recovery, I want to normalize it. And I don't know how that will look for me, but maybe it will be this podcast mm-hmm. talking with more people. Maybe it will be, you know, social media. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I want to do what makes me happy. And I want, no matter where I'm at, I want to be fully there. Yes. I don't want to have a job that, every day I'm like just waiting for my next vacation, which Mm. is kind of where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's okay. I also recognize that this is the season of life that I'm in and, uh, you have to go through these seasons to get to where you want to be. Exactly. Exactly. Everything is just kind of temporary. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the one that's ultimately in control of your life. And right now it's just a stepping stone to get you there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, I have absolutely loved having you on this podcast and I'm sure people will love listening to this episode. (laughs) Um, do you have anything else you want to get off your chest? Ooh, nope. I think, uh, no. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Of course. Of course. All right. Well, I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.